Welcome to the Parker Theology Club podcast, a ministry of Parker Memorial D'Armaville Campus. This broadcast is meant to encourage biblical thought and godly living. We hope you'll subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parker Theology Club podcast. I'm Kelly. We got Will. Hello. And we have our friend, Daryl Palk. Daryl's come to join us. He, we call him the professor. No, we so don't. we will be deferring to Daryl for. No, for, you uh, aren't. Yeah, yes, we. So are. students, pay attention, or you're failed. Well, we're excited about this series that we're going to be doing. We will be. We're going to start breaking these up into twenty minute, fifteen twenty minute segments um, that are parts of each other that add on to each other, and we'll have we'll have different series. And this series uh, we we are starting now. And this series is on is actually on sex and sexuality and how it has to do with Christianity and our culture, what it's done, uh, and where it's been taken by society. Um, one of the things we see in our culture right now, if you're watching the news, you know, as a believer, that there is so much driven by it, whether it's commercials and movies, or whether it's politics. And, and who would have ever thought? 50 years ago, sex would be talked about in politics as much as it is as if something, these things were behind closed doors, whether it be sinful sex or marital sex, uh, homosexuality. We got the LGBTQ movement going, and these things are just at the forefront. It has bubbled up. And our desire here is to be introspective as Christians and figure out where do we go wrong? What mm-hmm. do we do? Uh, first and thing, how do we react biblically? That's right. And first we want to identify what those things are, Daryl. Okay, so we did a little research, and we're borrowing some definitions. Uh, you can find these definitions online. And for the sake of ease, we're using the human rights campaign definition. So we're, we're using secular or worldly definitions. And the reason why is because we need to understand what they are saying when they use this terminology, right? Yeah, and some of these terms were just created in the last <laughs> that's right so 15, 20 so we're, we're we're using we're using this and some of the, some of these you might assume you know what the definition is but but uh, then discover well I didn't think it was that you know right. okay so we're we're gonna do uh, two to start with and the first is sexual orientation and they define it as an inherent or immutable enduring emotional romantic or sexual attraction attraction to other people and then in not necessarily in opposition but along with that gender identity and they define it as one's innermost concept of self as male female a blend of both or neither how individuals perceive themselves and what they call themselves, and they make clear that gender identity can be different from the sex uh, assigned to them at birth. Yeah, this is important, um, especially when you have our our presumed president-elect uh, in a town hall was asked by a mother of an eight-year-old who was who was professed to be transgender, the eight-year-old, not the mother, mm-hmm. and was asking about the rights of her eight-year-old transgender daughter. And a, and the president says that there should be no discrimination if she wants to have 
to be a boy or a girl. To transition. What if, if that makes their life easier, let them do it. An eight-year-old. An yeah. eight. Okay, I'll try, I'm gonna try not to get animated. Hold knows. it down, Kelly. Knows me. I, I get think animated. it's uh, an I eight-year-old. To get a little animated about that, I think is justified. Yeah. <laughs> um, that in any other way, in any other thing, would be child abuse. An mm-hmm. eight-year-old can't watch a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Yeah. And an adult's gonna make the decision for mm-hmm. an eight-year-old is not sexualized. It's like they don't have yeah. the right to make a decision about anything. Except for when it comes to their sexual well, and, desires. And, and the liberal left is all into uh, the freedom to define yourself, discover yourself, etc. But in this case, they apparently believe in the freedom of parents uh, determining those things for their children. Because ultimately, it's going to come down to the parent That's from right. that. And, and the fact that it's... We're not talking about an obscure, weird psychologist here that has a podcast. We're talking about the soon-to-be president of the United States mm-hmm. that said that. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, ma'am, you need, you and your child need to go see a psychologist. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is wrong. As a matter of fact, the way he answered, I don't know if you remember the way, if an eight-year-old, he said, if an eight-year-old decides they want to be a boy or change their identity, it sounds like the next thing is going to be they're eight years old. Come on, lady. But right. no, he goes. No, and, and all he's doing is pandering. Well, mm-hmm. He he wouldn't. What he's having to do there? Sense. I mean, if he says anything else, you know, he doesn't get the nomination. Like if he were to stand on any other platform, of course, by this time he's, I guess, the president elect at this point. But um, before that town hall, I guess he had already been uh, he was nominate, nominated, nominated yeah. at that time. But mm-hmm. but had he said anything else, he probably well, wouldn't have won the election. But he may have though. <laughs> but maybe, maybe so. Yeah. The thing is, the 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 far left, the leftist, the 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 mm-hmm. socialist wing of that part of the Democratic Party, is so they're small, but they are so vocal. They're powerful, so threatening, influential, and, and so scorched earth. Uh, p- yeah, potentially influential in the media and entertainment yes. segments yes. of our society. He'll get canceled. And, if, and, if he said anything else, yeah, cancel Honestly. culture is definitely Honestly. part of all this. Let me let me add another definition because you touched on this in what you just said, and that is uh, th- again, this is the Human Rights Campaign, a secular group. Their definition of gender dysphoria. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is how they define it: clinically significant significant distress caused when a person's assigned birth gender is not the same as the one with which they identify. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to clarify that the term gender dysphoria has replaced gender identity disorder in the APA, American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So they, they, and what what they go on to say, it's, they changed it from gender identity disorder to gender dysphoria, and that is intended, and I'm quoting them, intended to better characterize the experiences of affected children, adolescents, and adults. They don't want to call it disorder. Mm-hmm. They want to call it dysphoria. Yeah, and I think it's important at this point as Christians to, to recognize that it is a mental disorder, that we yeah. must show compassion. That's right. It. So I don't want anyone to hear us saying, you know, just get over it. You know, that we're not trying right. to take that position to buck up Buttercup 
and get you know, build a bridge and get over it. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we should be we should be treating those who undoubtedly struggle with this I don't know sensation of feeling like they are supposed to be another gender. Um, that I believe that that is a real feeling, but sure. the reality is is that as what you just read, th- that is a mental disorder that the church must speak to uh, faithfully and biblically. Um, if if there's no yeah. if there's no backdrop of of God and sin mm-hmm. in their lives, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that sin and God doesn't exist in their mm-hmm. lives. Doesn't mean that Satan is not mm-hmm. there just because. You don't know him. You don't believe in him. You can not know and not believe in Matt trucks and stand in the middle of the highway, <laughs> and and it's not going to work out good for you. Nope. There is a dysphoria. Mm-hmm. It is a sin dysphoria. Mm-hmm. It is it is it is an unsettling distress in your soul, and mm-hmm. someone who does not know Jesus, and this is where the compassion comes in. Mm-hmm. Someone who not does not know Jesus has mm-hmm. that has that distress. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's all a result of the fall. Sure. I mean, God right. created. Everything he created it perfectly. Genesis one thirty one, you know, he's declared every day of creation at the end of every day of creation. He's declared it that it was good, and then in Genesis one thirty one, mm-hmm. he ends the sixth day of creation and he says, and it was very good. When sure. God creates something, and he declares it very good, buddy, it's better than we can imagine. It is perfect, mm-hmm. and so God created this perfect. He designed the creator, the designer created and designed everything perfectly for our benefit so that we might know his love with the fall with the rejection uh, of the authority of God with the rejection of of obedience to God by Adam and Eve all of creation and all of mankind fell with Adam and Eve this is the fallout and, and, that, and, and that includes us too, by that, the way. That's right. Christians like, too. Yeah. At, at struggle with this. Paul says, you know, basically, woe to me because this body of sin, mm-hmm. right? So he, he knows this and he talks about taking off the, the old man, putting on the new man. We understand these things, but we understand that the gospel compels us to be like Jesus, and particularly in John chapter one, where he came and it says that he came in grace and truth. So we have grace toward people who are struggling with these issues. Sure, they that they're they're they are and to not is sin. Yeah, and and right. I think it's important for us to say that they are not the enemy Mm-mm. at all. No, at all. Instead, we need to see them as prisoners of war. Yeah, they've been captured, uh, particularly in their worldview, uh, by Satan, mm-hmm. and and they see things yeah. this way. So what we have to do. Is we have to show them grace, sure. the love of God, the mercy of God, all of that. But at the same time, it is unloving and ungracious sure. for us not to declare the truth. And what what makes it even harder on them, and I don't think I think most of the time, um, unfortunately, this doesn't get seen. But they have a whole system now that is in their corner that's based on um, folly or foolishness, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they have a majority, not a minority, but a majority of the narrative saying you are fine the way you are. And even you're seeing some so-called Christian voices saying that it's okay how you are, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is clearly, um, not what God's vision or his, that's not what his vision was for his creation, his human creation, but it's, it's sin. 
And uh, I just, my heart breaks um, for those that, that struggle with this because not only one, you know, objectively it is a sin, and so they're struggling with that sin, the, the sin of feeling that way and also even the physical aspects that go with it. But now they're struggling with the social, with the social construct that is propping up their dysphoria in a way that promotes how they are instead of says, you know, repent and believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Um, What's the world sense? Uh, yeah. It's the world system. If I can get this out of my mouth, yeah. the world system and who rules of the world system, the prince of the power of the air. So, mm-hmm. you know, Satan has done what he's, what he does. He takes that, which is good. He twists it. He perverts it. And then he wraps it up in such a beautiful way that it looks like something great. I mean, it feels good for you to feel freedom, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is we weren't made for independence. We were made for both dependence and interdependence. Mm-hmm. But yet that's not the ethic we live in. That's not the world system. That's not what the world values at this time. Yeah. Um, think about Eve, what you're saying, how Satan wrapped it up so mm-hmm. well with Eve. And the question I ask, and I'm talking to the youth about this right now, we're going through Genesis, and the question I ask is, where was Adam? <laughs> where was he? I mean, he wasn't too far away because no. she turned and gave the fruit to Adam, and mm-hmm. he ate. And there was a time, that, and this is one of the things we talked about before, is there was a time between when Eve cooked and ate. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that she was naked yet. Yeah. You ever think about that? She did not know she was naked yet. Mm-hmm. She did not know sin yet. She did not have the knowledge of good and evil until he took the fruit. In that moment, hypothetically, God's sovereign, everything works together for his glory. Mm-hmm. But hypothetically, I believe in all my heart that Adam could have redeemed Eve had he chosen to. And that it's a short little thing. And, and she, the woman took the fruit and ate and gave it to her husband and he ate. That's it. That's but we don't know says. how. We don't know if he had, she had to trek across the garden. Right. You know, if he called, if he was sitting there behind her the whole time. I hope not for his sake. Because I'm gonna slap him in the back of the head when we get to heaven. <laughs> that you were sitting there watching your wife fall into sin like this. Because well, it was not him. It, Adam was not deceived. Mm-hmm. It, Paul says to Timothy that it was not Adam who was deceived, mm-hmm. but Eve. Mm-hmm. So Adam knew what was going on, and he partook of it. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not throwing stones. We would have all done the same thing. Uh, yeah. We would have all done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that Adam knew, the, the creation that he was, was a lot different than us to live 900-something years. Um, we're dog years compared to that, you know? <laughs> we're like dog years. Yeah. So we can't judge based on that. But mm-hmm. if, if, we see, if we see that how you said how Satan just wrapped it up, for Eve right there Satan, in that deception. Satan is, the, is, is a great artist on his own. Oh, He's yeah. the author of lies. And so what he does is he, he will often, and, he, and this is how he deceives not just lost people, but also those who are saved, is he'll take just a little kernel of truth and then he'll wrap it up, or I, I, should, I should say that he, he'll disguise great lies with just a little veneer of truth. That would be a better way of putting it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so he is the, he's the master liar, and that's what he does. And when, when I'm sharing the gospel with people, I'll talk about the fall, and, and I'll say, if I were going to put in my own words what S- Satan said or offered to Eve, it would be this. You realize God's holding out on you, right? 
Have you ever felt like somebody was holding out on you? That they had something good, but they have not, they've kept it from you? Man, the betrayal, right? He's playing to, to her emotions. If it would have been Adam, it would probably have played to his emotions. But that's, that's the idea that the world has, is that there, there is something to be offered in the freedom apart from an authority called God. That's right. And, and what, what's been happening here in this deception, I've, gay, gay friends, I've heard gay friends of mine say, well, in Christian gay friends, and, and we, the nuances of that theology we can talk about, can they be? I, I, we're not, we'll talk about that later <laughs> on another one. But to say, well, God made me, and God don't make junk. Have you heard mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Well, God made me. And you're, you know what? You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. God does not make junk, but Satan perverts God's creation. That's right. He does. And there are perversions in me. Let's just talk about me for a second. Mm-hmm. I was addicted to pornography. I say mm-hmm. I was. I, I guess I can still say, because once you're an addict, you're really always an addict. Mm-hmm. That's not a. That's not an excuse. That's called scars. Yeah. Scars from sin. That's right. And even to this day, I'll have images in my head sure. from when I was in college and after looking at pornography. That's just as perverse. Go into, I've known people who have never molested a child who will willfully say, Christians, who will willfully say, I am attracted to children. Mm-hmm. Having never done it. Mm-hmm. This is something, wow, what an admission that is. Mm-hmm. What an admission. Never done anything. But left to themselves, they are attract. They can be attracted to well, children. Well, what I'd say to anyone who's trapped in pornography, particularly men, as they look at these beautiful young ladies, is you don't how, know how old that young lady is. That might be a child dressed up like a lady. Oh, you surely. Know. Well, I mean, and I most mean, likely is you know, all these, all these and, hormones and in the chickens slavery, nowadays. Sex slavery is 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 a fact right now. Uh, trafficking, oh, yeah. trafficking is a huge. fact. It's huge right now. There is slavery right now taking place in our co- uh, in our culture in our country. You know, um, let me chase something you said. Uh, thanks, <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you got two minutes. Get it out quick. <laughs> so you talked about God don't make no junk. Okay. So I hear people say talk about. Um, you know, God made me this way or whatever. And they're saying, hey, this is a natural thing. This is a good thing. You know, and, and there's this, you know, we, we talk about when you want, want to get back to living naturally, like it's a good thing. Nate, you, you know, and I want to say to people, you know, if, if, if they say, well, this is just the way I am. I get this naturally or whatever. So therefore it must be good. I want to say, now, hold on. But you got to remember the fall changed all that. So what I know from the scriptures and from experience is that we're naturally sinners, Mm-hmm. We're naturally corrupted mm-hmm. in our character, in our mind, in our thinking. And so that's why it's important. We got to go back to the original design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to go back to God's original intentions. If you notice Jesus, when he's dealing with things, he almost inevitably says, well, let's go back to the beginning. What did God intend when he was asked about divorce and remarriage and all that? Yeah. He just said, well, let's remember what God said when he created marriage. Wow. He just went back to the original design and said, hey, let's live as God intended, right. knowing that God's design is good and to live according to his design should be our goal. So the idea that something feels natural doesn't mean that it's good. You yeah, know, that's right. I never had to teach my children how to lie, cheat, or steal. 
Nope. Let me tell you something. They get it naturally, you they know. Do. But am I going to condemn my children? No. Yeah. So I, I think that's something to keep in mind. That's that's a great point. And um, wrapping this session up, we, we're going to build on this uh, going forward. Um, one of the things I want to say, just kind of like a teaser, is I believe that there are two sexual orientations. I'm not going to tell you what that is. You got to listen to. <laughs> I assume that's podcast. our next topic. <laughs> oh, oh, you tease, Kelly. You tease. All right. Cool. Stay tuned to the next topic. All right. See you next time. <laughs>